Gentlemen, welcome to episode ninety bloody nine of the Chris and Chris show. I'm Chris with a joke slam. See, check that. Oh, uh, I'm Chris with a, a kick out. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> I was thinking of myself. I was like, is he going to use a move like I do? And if so, what fucking move begins with a K? There's not. There's not many. I can't think of any right now. But I thought you were, gonna, thought you were either going to go. I'd probably go for Kevin Owens. See. So yeah, this week, episode 99, I thought I had the bright idea. I was like, let's review something that came out in 99. And then I realised uh, Beyond the Mat, the infamous wrestling documentary, came out in 99. It gives us an excuse to bang on about wrestling in the form of a review. Instead of going off on a tangent and having people going, ah, skip. <laughs> like signing up for an hour to listen to like our Terminator review but actually they're just getting wrestling yeah <laughs> so. like the first 45 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. and no doubt we'll be end up comparing things in this documentary to what's going on now and going off under a tangent about how shit Wrestlemania is going to mm. be Roll you know it's going to happen but we've got a, we've got a perfectly fine excuse this time we do we do so it's, it's one for the wrestling fans this week mm. and though if you're going to continue listening to this, it's it's well worth checking out that documentary. Even if you if you're just a fan of documentaries, it's it's you know uh, yeah true because it's like uh, it's like a, in a, you know like Paul into that world basically. It's yeah. it's weird yeah. It's it's just good human stories. So it is really yeah. like any good documentary. But we'll also we'll do a capsule reviews. But I've caught up on making a murder over the past couple of days. So when, it's no doubt going to be almost a double bill review. Cause <laughs> probably, yeah. We're probably going to have a lot to say about making a murder. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, so briefly, um, did you see the episode eight announcement? I did. I did. Uh, it's pretty pretty cool actually. That was a fucking surprise, wasn't it? Mm, mm. it it's surprised that the. The film, the like re reshooting like that scene. Oh well, probably not reshooting it, but they're doing something like that. Mm, it's obviously going to take place directly after seven, which is weird. Like it'll be if it, if it is the case, it'll be the first Star Wars film to do that mm-hmm. as well, because all the other films have always started, obviously three four years after. Yeah, it? yeah, most of them. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, unless it's some sort of weird flashback scene or something, or. Mm. Montage, or I still reckon that won't be the start of the film. No, I think they won't break the habit. It'll start in space, and it'll probably start with like Kylo Ren or something going mm. going to like visit, see fucking Grand Negus Snivel, whatever he was called, um, <laughs> Snoke. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, don't know I'm, his name. I'm still waiting for them to like um, come up with an excuse as to why they said in press release and stuff a character that could only be achieved with CGI. Mm. Unless he is 19 foot tall, like his hologram. I yeah. can't really see why that couldn't be achieved with makeup. Yeah, why? Because, I mean, if you look at uh, Harry Potter and stuff, like, obviously they did uh, 
It's the bad guy called Voldemort or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, they did that all, just prosthetics and stuff. With a, with a hint. Of the, the, it's hint the, of CGI, yeah. On his nose, but yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. yeah. So they, they could have just done that there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. He could yeah. be 19 foot tall and it would be weird. <laughs> like, got tentacles and he's like something out of a hint ape on or something. Yeah, fucking, he's going to be giant and shit, and they're like, episode 9 will just be like fucking... What's that? What's that fucking game again? Something of the Colossus, just climbing up him and stabbing him in there. Oh yeah, Shadow, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 It, it seems to have a darker sort of like because it's got a different DP and stuff on it. This film. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see how visually it changes. Mm. But it, it could be my imagination. But the lighting and everything seemed way darker. On that, on that, just that it was only a brief shot you saw. Yeah, but. and plus that's not going to be the final look. It'll have been in a quickly banged out just for the announcement mm. and stuff. So who knows? I mean, I'm excited though. You know, yeah, it's all st- all over again. Let's go around again. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Man. <laughs> Let's watch some films. Uh, but other than that, you've been watching anything else? since the last show yeah well it's pretty pretty much uh, after talking to you about those films like I said I, I, I had them planned I watched pretty much every film we talked about champion so I watched uh, that fucking Ex Machina Ex Machina uh, <laughs> uh, I thought that was really good yeah. it's great yeah. yeah yeah very uh, I mean I, I'll say it didn't I'll add a negative just to be a, a critic um, <laughs> I, I didn't think it asked as hard questions as that film Her Another mm. one with um, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Thingy Phoenix and uh, yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Mm. O- only because it, it, that film really like addressed like the reality of someone falling in love with an AI mm. and like how it could actually happen. Yeah, um, and like you came away from that film thinking, "Fucking hell, you would, you would fall in love with that person." Yeah. Where I thought with Ex Machina, it was kind of like it was a bit a bit sudden that he, he all of a sudden would like do anything for her. Mm. just because she looked pretty sort of thing. But that was kind of the point of the experiment, though, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, yeah. uh, that's my light criticism of the film, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, other than that, I really enjoyed it, and total, I guess, I, a bit of, without spoilers, a bit of an anticlimax. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking which way they're going to go with it. Are they going to mm. go the way I'm thinking they're going to go, or what? And it was, But it was kind of fitting for the tone of the film, though. Yeah. Know? Definitely, because it, it's you're you're throughout the film. You, you're it's uneasy. It's an, an uneasy watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Oscar Isaac's fuck man. He's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. You don't know whether he's a bastard or not right till the very end. And really. No, but really, even after I'd finished, I was kind of like, was he a bastard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it left you thinking like, hmm, who who was the good guy and who was the bad guy in that film? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of grey areas, totally. Yeah. So yeah, it's really, really, really cool and. He's a he's a great like young actor. I should say mm. he's not that young, but uh, really really great. I, I hope he will see him in a lot more films. To be yeah, honest. yeah, totally. And you got you got to love that bit where he just fucking decides to have a dance. Yeah, that was the best bit of the film. <laughs> yeah, well, the the, uh, the Japanese girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was pushing the move while he's shit ass and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Really nice film, just yeah. visually. It's really well shot. Yeah. And like I totally got like what you're saying about like you know like Kubrick esque sort of thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, excellent. Mm. Uh, after that though, I watched Hateful Eight. What do you think? So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Great, start, yeah. start to finish, uh, like loads of like laugh out loud moments. Yeah, it's really funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, and just like a great like who done it film. Yeah. It, it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't find it. I mean, it was you know it had its its Tarantino moments and stuff, but 
I just really appreciated it for being like a Western and stuff. I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I think it's the perfect length. I'm not sure how much more I could get out of it with the added 20 minutes for like the big 70 millimeter roadshow version he did. Yeah, which yeah. has got an extra 15, 20 minutes plus an intermission and stuff. I don't really, I don't know what's added. There is a certain point in the film mm. where I was thinking, oh, that's what's been added because they're talking about something I haven't seen or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a, I thought it was a cracking film, yeah. Yeah, and Samuel L. Jackson, just hilarious in it. See what I mean, though? He totally deserved an Oscar nod for that. Oh, yes, I suppose, thinking about it, I did say, like, there wasn't many films that, that needed a black nomination, but yeah, that one did, totally. Yeah. Especially yeah. the, the way his character just switches and goes back and forth. Sometimes you, you're rooting for him, and sometimes you're like, oh, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit yeah, dark. <laughs> the whole bit when he's talking about his pecker and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, my favourite bit was just a bit when he, he kept saying about, uh, without, again, without spoilers, but about his testicles. Yeah. I quite like where he's like... <laughs> Bushwhacking nut shooting. He <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just said it in like so many different ways, like bushwhacking ball busting or something. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> I love Tim Roth in it as well. Yeah, yeah, he was, was funny as well. Like typical snooty English bloke. Was snooty English bloke who was actually like just a, a like a rough Cockney guy sort yeah, of thing as yeah, well, yeah. which was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and plus, that's like it was great to see him because I think that's the first Tarantino movie he's been in since. Uh, Pulp Fiction bar like four rooms and stuff mm-hmm. it's the first proper Tarantino movie he's been in since then cool. yeah. yeah not everyone I mean Michael Madsen and stuff did a great job in it and mm. they all had uh, really decent parts Bruce Dern Bruce <laughs> yeah Bruce Dern like felt really bad for him and stuff yeah yeah uh, so, oh, great. even though you know he's technically a horrible racist <laughs> yeah well that's it it's weird isn't it, it puts you in a weird place yeah. <laughs> you just feel bad for him the, the way he sort of goes out of the picture yeah um, and obviously the can't remember her name, but the the girl in it as well. She oh, was, Jennifer she, Jason Lee, yeah, she's she, great, yeah, fucking awesome in it, yeah, great, great piece of work she did. It's like a horrible cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's weird because like I don't know, you never really feel sorry for her throughout the entire film. Not really, no. I guess even like when she's getting like elbowed and fucking yeah. in the face and shit and spitting blood out and stuff. And you got to give props to uh, one of the unheralded co-stars of the film. That would be Kate Russell's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one epic uh, fucking facial hair going on there. It's no wonder he made that bone tomahawk around the same time. He's like, right, fuck, I've grown this mustache out. I'm getting a couple of fucking westerns in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's cracking for me. Yeah. Well, other than that, well, I watched. Uh, I finally watched Dark City as well. Yes, <laughs> I finally finally got around to buying that a couple of years ago. I still haven't watched it. Yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's pro- pro- people probably like. I don't know. Maybe it was a film you needed to see at the time mm. to really appreciate it. it it's, there's a lot of bits in it. For for one, it, it's hard to accept Kiefer Sutherland as anything but Jack Bauer. Well, thankfully, <laughs> I've never seen Twenty Four, so I never have that problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, I always forget that. That's yeah, fucking, I never never watched it. That's wrong. That like you've got to at least watch the first season. Yeah. <laughs> I had like you and Wiggum going on at us to watch it and I'm always like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, just such a big part of pop culture man and, uh, um, I, just, I just turn into fucking John Locke and I'm just like don't tell me what to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose I'm, I'm totally like that as well. um, but yeah it, it sticks out like a sore thumb a bit in that film mm. and it has it does have a lot of Matrix things going on like, it's weird. It's, it must have just been one of them sort of weird films that, you know, like, when it happens, like, two Hollywood films come out that are, like, that, that almost have the same premise. Yeah. 
it's kind of like that in a way anyway with Dark City there's a very similar premise going on yeah uh, and there's bits where like even like he's running about on the rooftops and everything it's weird it's almost like without like reading the history of it I wonder if like w- it's one of the scripts was optioned and somebody's read the script and went mm, and turned it down but then gone off and made their own movie based on what they could remember about the script maybe because <laughs> there's just there's bits when you're like yeah, that does totally happen in the Matrix. That's weird. Mm. Like, why have they gone for exactly the same scene? Like, you know, because the, 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 it came out the same year and stuff. Was it the same year? Yeah, because I always think Dark City was earlier, but it wasn't. Because yeah. I remember renting it when it came out because it was the it's Alex Proyas who did The Crow. Yeah. And being a dumb kid, I was just like, fuck, that's got to be mint because I love The Crow. And I'm like, <laughs> we got 10 minutes into it and I was like, <laughs> just yeah. couldn't get into it. But it, it was an okay watch, to be fair. It wasn't as good as what some people say, I don't Isn't Isn't Richard O'Brien in it? He is, he plays one of the villains. Does he, does he also play the harmonica? <laughs> he's essentially just, yeah, he's just him. You know what I mean? He doesn't play the harmonica, sadly, but it is ah. just him, basically. He's just running around going, oh! <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and uh, obviously it's got Jennifer, lovely Jennifer Connelly in it as well. Yeah, so it does. Mm. Not bad, not bad cast, but I don't know, by the end of the film, you, you're just kind of like, huh, is that it? Yeah. You, it? It never really explains what is what was actually going on and why and where and stuff. I must, I must get round to it. Yeah. It's, it's a film I've been meaning to revisit since it came out, like since I got a bit older and thought, I want to give that another chance because I was a bit of a daft kid when I saw it and stuff. It's, it's certainly a very nice looking film at times. I mean... It's. Uh, I watched like an HD version of it, and it could be could have been made last year. When yeah. It, it's uh, done. They've done a really good job in either cleaning it up or it's just filmed in a really really good way. So it, it's yeah. it, it's like timeless. Yeah. One of them films, and because it's set in like a semi sort of like like nineteen thirties kind of New York setting. Yeah, that's that rings a bell. Yeah. Mm, so it kind of like it has that timeless look anyway. But yeah, it really struck me that I thought, fuck yeah, this could have been made yesterday, and you wouldn't know. Why weren't you watching it though, again? It looks all fucking hard and shit. How are you like? <laughs> Anything that... Well, no, because I'd say I know it was made in the last, like, sort of X amount of years. I get you. There's a, there's a loophole there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just when they're actually made in the, the <laughs> 60s and that, that I don't want to watch them. Yeah, like, fuck this. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't find women pretty either that are from that era. That's weird. I always think that. You don't find Marilyn Monroe pretty? No, I think she looks all fucking old and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's just my brain. I can't find any woman attractive unless she was born late 60s at least. I can't, I just can't, I can't process that. You're a strange boy. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed I am. (laughs) But there you go, I mean apart from that I just watched it. I watched Sisters and, Uh and Trainwreck had a bit of a girly. Girly double bell over the week. I was going to say, when you said sisters, I was like, is that the Tina Fey one or the fucking Brian De Palma one? I was like, because I wasn't sure which one you remember, but was it the Tina Fey one? Yeah, the, uh, that is, um, yeah, that's her name, isn't it? And uh, Amy Thingamajig. Juba, yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Both uh, featuring John Cena as well. Yeah, yeah. funnily enough. Mm. <laughs> Cena double bill. Mm. That was a random coincidence. I've heard, uh, he's, I've heard he's great in both, actually. He is. Yeah, he's really funny in both. Uh, and, I, you know, it's girly, but I would recommend Sisters. It's quite a laugh. It's, quite, it's vulgar without going too far. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot about it when it came out, because it was coming out like the same weekend as Force Awakens. <laughs> mm. Just getting totally buried. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's got it's got surprisingly edgy humour in it. Like I think, like Christ, I wonder if like some people went to see this film with like 
people that they shouldn't have gone to see it with, you know, yeah. moms and dads or whatever, and being like, <laughs> like dying think- at all the cock jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, that um, Cena's role, weirdly, in Trainwreck is kind of based on Dolph Ziggler because he used to go out with her. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. It's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah he's, he's good in it, though. He's funny. And you, you totally get to see his ass as well at one point. Which, to be fair, I could have done without. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's like fully in the nude. I think they talked about it on Total Divas on one episode. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he does like a love scene, doesn't he, in the film? So <laughs> it was like, oh, that's that's what they're talking about, that bit. This, this bit's like a prelude to anyone who doesn't watch wrestling. It's how lost they're going to be in the next 45 minutes. Of <laughs> yeah. Um, like, who's Dolph fucking Ziggler? What? <laughs> what? Total Divas? <laughs> um, but that's it. That's my wrap up there of the week. I think the only films I've watched um, since the last show was I had a rather light-hearted romantic double bill nice. on Sunday of uh, Alan Clark's Made in Britain and Scum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went, like, the opposite way to me. <laughs> I, I did, just a bit. I just think it was, like, Sunday afternoon. I was like, you know what? I think I don't think I'd seen Made in Britain all the way through, and I'd been watching, like, re-watching Made in, uh, This is England, like, the series over mm. the past couple of months. So I was like, you know, I want to watch some more Skin Edge tonight. <laughs> So I went back to fucking uh, Made in Britain. It's a great film, but it's, you know, it's just depressing as out. Yeah, Tim, Roth's, Tim Roth's fucking amazing, isn't it? Not seen either. It's well worth Made in Britain just for Tim Roth's performance. He's fucking terrifying and has such a bastard in it. But the, and, there's, and there's no wrap-up. Oh, he's from, but now he's nice. It's just there's no wrap-up whatsoever. <laughs> nice. It's literally just a chronicling of a twat for like <laughs> 75 minutes. And then Scum, which is always nice to see again. Mm. Yeah. You know what I noticed this time? Yeah. You know, the infamous greenhouse scene. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. The, the, not the main, but, well, yeah, the kind of the main rapist is um, Sean Chapman, who played Frank in Hellraiser. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> and he's in Made in Britain as well. <laughs> That's yeah. smart. Yeah, because he, he wasn't in many films, him, was he, really? I guess. I, am, I don't know. I, the, he talks about his career on the um, Leviathan documentary. I think he was a theatre guy as well, actually. Yeah, I just remember, like, when we were doing the review, I, like, I looked over his IMDb and there wasn't anything that jumped out of us, uh, that jumped out at me. Well, just, now you just got to remember Pot and Shed. That's all you need to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's still horrible, that. I remember when I first saw that scene, like, totally out of context, flipping over the channels when I was, like, 11. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Wickham watched them all, like, what the fuck's this? Mm. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Such a depressing film. Yeah, I can't remember. I've seen a bit of it, like, and I just remember you talking about it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the film itself's great, but it's it's just, like, depressing as fuck. Yeah. I'm kind of glad, in a way, there's no such thing as Boston anymore, but at the same time, I'm thinking there's a lot of people that deserve to be in Boston. <laughs> True, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had its purpose, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Ray Winston being all 12 and hard and that. <laughs> yeah. Be that. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that. But yeah. I was going to say, just before you, like, before you started being in, like, fucking Indiana Jones and stuff. And- oh, well, let's not hold that against them. <laughs> if you're going to say that, you may as well have a go to Harrison Ford and Spielberg. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> True. <laughs> he didn't write, you shitty schizophrenic character, did he? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll get on to um, making a murderer then. But first, mm. I'm going to have to urinate. Mm. I don't want to be piss myself in the middle of this conversation. I'll do the same thing. We'll have a urination break. Let's have a urination break, sir. (laughs) Very good. See you in a moment. Right, 
I've had with urination break. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was well needed. It was. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Stacey with an S. Hello. Hi, Stacey. everyone. <laughs> Which you haven't been on the show technically, officially, since like episode 50. Episode, that's like 49 episodes ago. And two years. Uh, two years, really? Yeah, because it was uh, around the time we did the WrestleMania 30 show. Oh, it's gonna, yeah, WrestleMania, flipping heck, that is a long time. Mm-hmm. And making a comeback. Yeah, <laughs> making a comeback indeed. So we're going to be talking about uh, making a murderer. So, uh, first question, do you think he did it? Mm. <laughs> oh, by, by, hold on, hold on, by the way... <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, people who haven't seen it yet. Spoilers. Because you should really go and watch it. It's worth getting Netflix. Get your Netflix trial if you've never got it, just to watch. It is, definitely. If you don't want to know anything, skip forward about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, well, we'll probably show it. We'll have, like, the break. Yeah. I guess. So if you don't don't want any spoilers, skip to the next part. So when you hear a Tannis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably going to be the case once again. Yeah. So yeah, do you think he did it? It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I think the easier question is uh, to answer is I don't think the young lad had any involvement. Definitely not. Definitely no, not. Absolutely not. Yeah, with him, I I don't think so. Mm. I think why why would he? What's the point? What would he have to gain? Yeah, there's too much for him to lose at the point he, he yeah. supposedly did it. He's been in prison for like 18 years. He's lost all that time with his mom and his dad and the rest of his family. <clears throat> He's on like the the cusp of winning however many million dollars. <clears throat> yeah, it was. It seems like, and also I know he had like he you know he'd committed some like violent attacks and stuff previously. Apparently. Yeah. I've read online. And set a cat on fire or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that was in the documentary. But, and there's, there's people online saying, oh yeah, like that's a, a sign of a psychopath and all this sort of thing. But mm. there's a big jump between that and, you know, murdering someone and putting the body on a bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like immediately in front of his house yeah. where anyone could have found it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. He, just, <laughs> he didn't have the form for that. I mean, how many people commit violent attacks? Loads but, you know, most of them don't then mm. go on to commit a murder of that sort of magnitude. Yeah. Like, have you seen all the stuff that they're saying they didn't put in the documentary that counts as evidence against him? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen some of that stuff. Yeah, some of the criticisms it was, was obviously that it was a little bit biased. Mm. The documentary. It's hard not to be biased, though. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. if I was the documentary makers, I would find it hard not to be biased. Yeah. yeah. Like they were saying that he said in prison... Like in the 18 years he was in prison, that he's going to like create a, a torture dungeon and kill women when he gets out and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. And like, hey, that could just be some cellmate of his looking for attention. Yeah. 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 Or it could be him pretty much just trying to fit in in prison. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's it, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to say stuff like that, aren't you? Just, yeah. to, just to fit, like you said, to fit in the, mm. the nutters that you're in prison with. Yeah. And then there's that whole thing about they found DNA under her, uh, the bonnet of her yeah, car. Yeah, like the sweat. Or something yeah. like they said they, they found his sweat, but then and I don't know anything about this and I haven't looked into it, but I've seen loads of people say that like sweat doesn't have DNA and yeah. stuff. So it, mm. it, considering <clears throat> there was so much evidence put forward by the um oh, how the was defense. It? No, not the defence, the um, the prosecution. The prosecution yeah. um against him. Where at first I was like, Oh my god, this really proves he's guilty like when they when they wheel out like Brendan Dassey in the first place and stuff. Mm. And then as the the defence start to explore it and stuff, you're like, Oh, that was just like a load of rubbish and stuff, you know, and, and the the prosecution managed to like spin it 
in such a way. And that could just be another thing that they've spun, mm. for all I know. I mean, the thing that I kept waiting for them to go back to, I think it's in maybe the second episode, when it's the footage that the police shot of his trailer when they were searching it. Right. Yeah. And, they, and they're saying, like, oh, look, a letter. He's not going to be going to that. Or should we take his shoes to frame mm-hmm. him for, like, recent burglaries? And I'm like, why the fuck was that never played in court? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well- maybe, it, maybe it was and we didn't say it, but it seems weird they never revisited that and put them on the spot and saying, why are you saying all this stuff? Because it sounds really malicious. It does, yeah. 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 And so um, do we, basically. Yeah, and, and that whole thing, you know, like, I think it's like the end of the of the first episode mm. when they're saying like, uh, "Have we got a body yet?" And they're like, "Oh no, we don't." And they're like, "But have we got Steve Avery in custody?" Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, we're. Yeah, like they've already assumed he's guilt. Yeah, basically, which is like essentially the theme of that show. It is like yeah. fucking everyone just assumes he's guilt mm. like immediately. Yeah, it's too many things come together to where you can go. What you can't really go. It's a, it's a complete coincidence. Like you know, he's just about to take the county or the state for like millions that's it yeah and the exact same people who arrested him in the first place 18 years ago who have nothing to do with this case mm. suddenly find out you know what i mean it's, it's yeah absolutely it's yeah, yeah. And, and all the stuff around how the the neighboring towns police were meant to be the ones investigating yeah but then they weaseled the ways into it and then they're the ones that found like the yeah. evidence like on the the first occasion that that guy was on his own. He was the one that found the evidence, like yeah. the keys. Yeah. Stuff. Like the first time he was like unsupervised. Yeah, like, what was it, like eight times? Yeah. The yeah. eighth time that they'd searched it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty fucking... There's just so many things in it that you think, what? Yeah. I think even... I'd probably lean towards innocence, but even if he is guilty, there's there's a lot of like, well, if he is guilty, then why did that happen? It all looks very, very dodgy mm, yeah, from like yeah. the police and and the legal perspective yeah. as well. And I'm on the, I'm on the side of the, um, one of the um, lawyers who says he doesn't believe for a second that that woman was guided by God or whatever to find the car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, you look at that like that lot of cars, yeah. and that is not the first place you would go to. It's like a small town of cars, it ridiculously is. big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think the natural thing would be to go, like when you were looking down at, at the map of it, would be to come in the entrance, walk down the first row of cars. Uh-huh go back, go... And and that bit, that bit where they found the car, would mm. literally be, like, the last place that you'd get yeah, to. Yeah. I don't believe that's the first place they'd go to. <laughs> yeah. And and as well, like, the, the fact that he didn't crush the car when he yeah. had a car crusher on site. Like, exactly, that, that stuff yeah. drives me mad. Yeah. yeah. There was a good video on YouTube of, you know, the part where the, that officer... Is it Colburn? The cop? Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. When he's... He, like, two days before they found the car, he calls up dispatch and asks for a licence plate number and stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. And someone took that and said, you can hear someone in the background saying, the car's here. Mm. That's right, yeah. And and th- they were trying to argue that it was... I, don't, I can't remember what they said, but, like, a car that he'd seen in passing or something mm. like that rather than it actually being yeah. there. But the, you could just tell it... You could tell he was stood there <coughs> reading the licence yeah, plate. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you tell by his, like... I don't know, you, you can get a sixth sense for someone's mannerism when you hear them talking mm. sometimes. Yeah, you, you can kind of, you know, you, you can hear in someone's voice if they're leaning and you can, things like that. So you could kind of hear he was observing something and mm. reading it. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. When, like, this video on YouTube, when you hear a faint voice in the background saying, the car's here, and he goes, oh, okay, right, yeah, thanks. 
Mm. And they compared that voice to the woman who eventually found the car two days later, and it does sound like the same person. Mm. Really? Just I like, didn't know that. Yeah, because, like, how the hell would she know? Why did someone give her a, a direct line to the sheriff or whatever and a digital camera just in case? Yeah, yeah well, that that was dodgy as well. Like, she's, she specifically got split off to go and look at Stephen Avery's mm. lot, mm. and she got given the camera. I mean, there's just so many coincidences that, yeah, that I just is. can't believe that that he, he he did it and he wasn't set up. Yeah. And the, the, I think the biggest, like, I know Stephen Avery, if he is innocent, he's a total victim, but the Brendan Dassey thing's horrible, man. The guy's, oh, like, low, low IQ. Yeah. Just, like, you know... Well, he's, he's basically like he's special needs, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah pretty, he's pretty much. much there. And they always dance around the subject. In the UK, he would be totally classed as vulnerable and he yeah. would have had like support the entire yeah. way through. Yeah, there'd have been like a social worker or a child psychologist or yeah. something brought on board to basically say, look, this lad is repeating back at you what you're saying to him. Yeah. He's yeah. not just coming up with this, you know, yeah. he's not admitting to anything here. Yeah. It's amazing it was, that anyone in that courtroom could have watched that con- quote-unquote confession and went, oh, yeah, he totally did it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we were we were convinced that he wasn't going to found guilty. I, I was like, I will eat my hat if yeah. he is found guilty. And when, when he was... I just, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. The injustice. Just total, of it. like fucking, almost like redneck judges, though. That yeah. are, that are all like, "You're a devil worshiping son of a bitch, <laughs> and I send you to hell." Yeah. And that, and it was like that kind of judge where yeah. you just knew he was going to find him guilty no matter what. Yeah, yeah. and it was like Basically. when he said at the end of the Stephen Avery case, like, um, uh, in light of your the your violent attacks. You know, in in uh, because of what you've done previously, I have no doubt in believing this sort of thing. And it's like, well, what are you referring to? Because because yeah. the horrible like attempted murder and rape that he was meant to have committed was committed by somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not saying he's a great guy. He's obviously done some stuff in his past, but nothing that I would suggest immediately leads up to this horrific murder yeah. that he's meant to have committed. You get the impression as well early on in the, the probably the first episode that like their family is like the weirdo family of that entire county. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. I think they were saying that, weren't they? That there was a lot of old, you know, the, the Averys do yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's one of the Averys and stuff, and that you're tarred with that brush and, automatically. And also, probably, like, they're pissed off at the fact that they, they did have... Well, they seem to have a bit of money. In terms of, like, they had their own business and they had, like, sizable amounts of land and mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, again, if there was, like, full-on redneck cops who, like, busted the balls for 30 years, mm. but, like, resented the Averys because, like, they did actually have, like, a business and land and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so took the opportunity once again to just attack them. Mm. Like, you know, yeah, all right, so people are like the the, the petty criminals and, and like like idiots and stuff, but do they deserve to get fucking sent to jail for yeah. like their life? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. mad. And considering that first time he got sent to prison was because of like his, who was it? Uh, his sister-in-law or someone? Or was it one of his aunts? So, you know, the woman that he drove off the road, basically. It was his, it was his cousin, I think, his yeah. Cous- yeah, his cousin, that's right. Um, and he, he'd, like, driven her off the road because she'd been, like, he said, like, spreading lies about him and stuff. Yeah. He got out with a gun and stuff. But then the fact that, like, one of the, the people that was, like, looking after him professionally was saying, I can understand, given his IQ, that that would have been an automatic thought that he would have had that yes this will sort out the problem yeah yeah stuff yeah, yeah. and that was what sort of that's what started off all that that first case where mm. he 
put in prison for 18 years. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's just mad that, like, even if you know, like, basic, like, human psychology and, like, telltale signs and stuff, there's loads of times when people are on the stand and you're going, he's lying? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always the police as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Where they're, like, blinking weird and, like, looking off to the side and, like, they're getting yeah. all dry mouth and shit. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Bit where, you know the guy who does that um, interview? He's, like, uh, he was the... Brendan Darcy's first lawyer's like investigator. Oh yeah, he yeah. gets them to write it down. Then goes, no, that's not what happened. Write this, draw these pictures. Yeah, yeah that's, that's horrible. Like, draw her on the bed with like chains on her and yeah. like, ropes on her. <laughs> and, and then they like, like use that. that in evidence, even though like he told them to draw it. And yeah, <laughs> and you can just—it's so sad because you can just see like the internal struggle in Brendan between like mm. this is what actually happened, but I'm being told to to draw yeah, these pictures yeah. and say these things. Yeah. And when he he's called to the stand and he starts like getting emotional I was just like you're not getting emotional because of the fucking ribbon in the church you're probably getting emotional because you've just fucking condemned this kid to like life yeah. in prison yeah, yeah definitely oh that was ridiculous that scene you know I just keep thinking about the ribbon <laughs> I've forgotten about that scene that was amazing yeah. the, the, it was and it was good when it happened the first time, but the second time when mm. he broke down and he was like, yeah, I can't, I can't stop thinking about the ribbon. It was like, come on. Yeah. If you're an investigator, you see this sort of stuff all the time. Yeah. You can't tell me that a ribbon is going to set you off. Yeah. I must say, though, I do, like, just, I just love that accent, like that Wisconsin, like, rural accent. Because mm-hmm. so, it's, like, borderline Canadian, but not. And yeah, yeah. I just love the phone calls between uh, Brandon and his mother, which just, like, why'd you tell him that? I don't know. (laughs) You know you're going to go to prison, right? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't funny, but it kind of made us chuckle. No, I know, yeah. Yeah, the the voices were were funny, I must admit. It's like a total grim bit when when Brandon was all like, uh, I'll miss WrestleMania or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, when he was was saying that, when his mum was saying, you're going to be in, like, being held until at least this date and stuff and he's like but i'm gonna miss wrestlemania (laughs) i know like and again it's not funny but i know i've seen like memes since with a picture of his face and like this your face when you realize you're gonna miss wrestlemania (laughs) and stuff i saw like valentine memes the other day for making a murderer was pissing myself did you which ones i can't remember the word wigan was posting them on his girlfriend's wall on facebook (laughs) (laughs) I saw, uh, you've probably seen it because I've seen it in a couple of places, but the picture of, like, Stephen Avery's, uh, the two lawyers, uh, like, picture of them with things like Girl Crush and stuff written yeah, yeah. alongside them. Because, um, yeah, they, I mean, they were, they seemed like nice guys, didn't they? Yeah. They were obviously trying to do what was right yeah, for them. They did stuff. seem cool, the, the, the two lawyers, like, mm. the main ones that, that defended them. Yeah. Out of everyone, isn't it? They're probably the most genuine people in the entire thing. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like, the bloody district attorney and that you can tell he's a fucking bent piece of shit oh, completely yeah. like yeah the, the guy with the tash yeah. yeah him what's yeah. his name Kratz or something yeah. Yeah. yeah and like like I said to you like the other in the other show like they just look like villains <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is like they've all been cast isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah with, with him um, I know again I saw another meme where he was like it was him in the court case and he was like pointing like making a point and um the thing underneath was, this is my sexting finger. <laughs> 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 because 
I love that bit when it when he gets found out for sexting. Oh, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that just shows like, like come up and... the type of character he has, obviously mm. as well. Yeah. Like, if he's if he's doing that, he's like willing to take advantage of like victims of sexual abuse. Yeah, like, yeah, domestic violence. Yeah, and all like that fucking sort of what yeah. else would he be willing to do? But yeah, I know what you mean though. Like as soon as people come out, I was like, this guy's a bad guy because you can just. You know, <laughs> Like certain people in it, like the, the especially just certain, like even most of the cops that were accused of doing something a bit dodgy, just like he looks guilty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What did you think about um, though the episode where they find the blood? Yeah, because that was like a proper twenty four moment. That I knew that would be the bit you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I was totally like, yeah, this this is fake. Yeah, like, this we is fake. we looked at each other at the end of that episode and we were like, are we absolutely sure that this is real? And we had to like carefully Google it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to just make sure that it was real. That's the great thing about it. it's so unbelievable. Yeah, that like when you keep reminding yourself it's real, it's just even more shocking. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I was worried about getting caught into a thing where they were like, you remember like when Spinal Tap, like Americans thought that was real and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want it to be like, oh yeah, all these Britons thought that like making a murder was actually real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going on Facebook and there's people going, let me shoot. Yeah. Yeah, he's like actually an actor and stuff. Yeah. And we're all like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of... Um... I just had a weird feeling. I've that, you know, I'm not saying anything, but I just had a weird feeling about Teresa Holbeck's brother throughout the whole thing. Mm, yeah, definitely. The was it the brother and the ex boyfriend? Yeah, there was something um, something strange about that. I don't I know think, what it was. I think one of the things about it was like part of the evidence that came up was about a voicemail, <clears throat> wasn't it? And the fact that like one of them, well, some of them had been deleted mm. because of the capacity of the 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 mailbox and yeah, stuff yeah and they just guessed the password and that yeah guessing the password and stuff which just doesn't make sense he just didn't get him to elaborate on it whatsoever he was just like no, yeah we well, just we just had an idea and it, it was pretty easy yeah. okay moving on i was like come that's on. it and and yeah. they never got in fact i think the judge chucked the evidence out didn't they saying that it wasn't relevant or something maybe yeah about like that was why the voicemails and and the the boyfriend yeah. and, the ex- and the brother and stuff didn't get sort of questioned anymore on it but i think well what what was on those those mm. smells um, yeah. and they, they never sort of because yeah. because the defense wanted to include something in evidence didn't they yeah and they never got the opportunity to um but you think what was it mm. you know could it have actually affected the case yeah. that's what i don't like with you know just the legal system generally there's there's all this stuff there that could potentially lead to an accurate you know guilty or innocent thing but because of how you have to put together a legal case. Yeah. You can't include it. Like, the judge will say, oh, that's not relevant, and it doesn't get included mm. and stuff. Yeah. Like, it, could there just be a ton of cases where the evidence is right there, but they just weren't allowed weren't to allowed include it in the, the, the case? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's an insane documentary series. It is, yeah. yeah. Twist and and turns, but the not. way that it's, like, filmed and edited and everything is just fantastic. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's a beautiful looking series. It looks mm. great, mm. Um, and just the fact that they've managed to, even though you know the like the first bit of the case started in like two thousand and three or four Somewhere, or something yeah. like that. Even though you know it's it's finished now, all the trial obviously finished like a couple of years ago and stuff. But it makes you feel like it's happening right now. Yeah, and like you're discovering everything at the same time as the people that you're watching on screen. Yeah, which yeah. is just insane how they've managed to to give you that feeling mm. when they've put it together. It was it was annoying for me because I was like, you know how you go back to the 
menu on Netflix and like mm. you select the next episode because my Netflix and PS4 and Netflix is shit. Is it? it? Is it? Oh it no. Constantly doesn't load, and when it does load, you'll watch one episode, and when you go back to the menu, the menu's not there, so you got to restart it. It oh, doesn't no. load, and I was just like, I want to watch the next fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I would con- I would like avert my eyes from the next episode down in case there was any spoilers in the synopsis. Mm, hmm. Yeah. So I just kept saying when I was on the last episode, unknowingly, I thought there was one more episode, but it was the trailer for the series. Oh the- no! So I got to the end of the last episode and was like, "Fucking hell, what? That's this." <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. I was honestly expecting some sort of like conclusion. Like yeah. And it's even more good that there's no conclusion. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, it makes you think, like, you know, where are we going to be, like? Five ten years down the line, mm. will will, that, will anything have changed yeah. with regards to the case? Or will they, will they maybe jail? do something else showing like what happens <clears throat> in the future yeah. with uh, with Steve Avery? But and it's Brendan just mad, like stuff. with the, the Brendan though, like the, just the repeated attempts to get like it yeah. looked at, and like they're literally like, please, sir, we have all this evidence that we want you to look at. Judge is like, no. <laughs> 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 is essentially the process that that's happening in that mm, state. Yeah. No, because I was probably right the first time. Yeah. yeah. They're like ref- even refusing to review it. It's like, that's fucked up, that. I mean, how Brendan Dassey has been in prison for, what, eight years? Mm. Nine years? On the evidence... I mean, the fact that he was, you know, put, like, di- no put evidence, down at all basically. Um, is ridiculous. But eight years? That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing I would say is he, he looked... Well, I mean, he, he looked massively different, and he'd obviously put weight on yeah. since, since going in, because um, he's well, you know, he's a man now, isn't he? In comparison yeah. to when he went in, yeah. but um, he, he does look better. Like, I don't know whether it's like, like his like, his personality is more. He's yeah. more he was more confident he when was, he saw him. And stuff. Yeah, like I don't know whether it's if he's been in with sort of you know young offender type people, whether it's just mm. being with a lot of people his own age or something mm. like that. But it does seem to have improved his his confidence and yeah. stuff. So I suppose if, <laughs> if there's one thing to come out of this, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't exactly say it's a, you know, it's an equal trade, yeah. but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, folks, if you've, well, if you've listened to this point, you haven't watched it, we'll just spoil the shit over for you. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> If you're one of those people who don't care, just just go and watch it because it's a crack, and you'll be flicking to the next episode immediately. Like you know, I'll be, I was up at like three in the morning watching the first six episodes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we watched them pretty crammed. Yeah, in, like, I think it was over. like a couple of days, wasn't it? Yeah. We watched it over. Yeah. I think the difficulty with trying to get people to watch it is you you tell them about the first bit, you know, where he's been in prison for eighteen years and stuff. Mm. But you don't really want to spoil the plot twist of the fact that he then gets picked back up. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. I know that I knew the title of the show, obviously, going in. Yeah. And at the end of the first episode, I was still surprised at the twist at the end, like the murder thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I was watching the second episode and I went, oh, it's a course, man. It's called Making a Murder. <laughs> Like, I totally avoided that. Obviously, when I talked to you about it last week, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's about him trying to like clear his name. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's essentially it's him trying to clear his name mm. from something new that happens. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult because when you try to say to people, it's about this guy who was in prison for eighteen years. They, they kind of think it's like a, I don't know, just a, another boring true crime documentary sort of yeah. thing. So to actually get them to watch it and then realise why it is that he gets a hook to it, mm. it's hard to give them that push initially. But once they've 
watched it and they've got hooked after that first one. Yeah. Like, people just can't stop watching it. Yeah. I know all, I like all it. it. All it takes is the first episode, really. Yeah. 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 The end of the first episode, you're like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So we'll take a small Atanas break. <laughs> as always. And then we'll come back and talk about Beyond the Met. More documentary shenanigans. Uh, bit of a documentary, yeah, Double Bill. Pretty much is, yeah. Yes. I'm going to change the theme of this, like the title of this show now, because that was pretty much a full review of Making the <laughs> It was. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we'll catch you to bed. Yes. Yes. Wafu FM. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed once again the silky sounds of a tennis. Oh, yes. Who wouldn't, though? Who wouldn't? I'm not sure which song I'm going to include this week, is it? So much to choose from. There is so much to choose from. <laughs> so, we're going to get on with the main review of the show, which is uh, Barry Blaustein's Beyond the Mat from 1999, which is, you know, if anyone hasn't seen the documentary, they might know it as the film that set kind of inspired the Mickey Rogue movie The Wrestler. Yeah, yeah, definitely it did, didn't it? I, I always watch that film and totally think, yeah, Jet the Snake. <laughs> yeah, Jet the Snake slash a bit of Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah, because the, the Terry Funk thing, like, not wanting to give up wrestling. Yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah. So Barry Blaustein, um, he wrote for SNL in the early 80s and he co-wrote uh, Coming to America, actually. Yeah, what on for that, because that film's fucking hilarious. Nice, classic. <laughs> Uh, he also uh, co-wrote The Night Professor. <laughs> Which is not so much of a big deal. It, it's all right, but, you know, it's not coming to America. <laughs> no. I've uh, only ever seen it once, and yeah. uh, I was just like, ugh. Yeah. Although, I keep I keep thinking, I'm like, have I seen it, or am I just thinking of the, the fucking Dr. Doolittle? Because all those fucking Eddie Murphy films blend together. Yeah, there could easily just be one film. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, in one, he wears loads of fat suits. Which one's that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was filmed over a period of three years, judging from the pay-per-views and stuff, it's probably like 97 to 99. Yeah. And yeah, follows 
a bunch of different wrestlers um, and mainly, well, only... Well, for the two big companies, it's WWF and ECW. There's no WCW in it because mm. apparently they, they declined, which is weird for WCW. You'd think yeah. they'd be like, include us, we are the best. Yeah, like they want exposure or something. Mm. Or, I don't know, maybe they just kind of sensed that they were going to... Maybe something tipped them off that they were going to do. like Because it's a bit of a negative documentary in a way. It's negative, but it's fucking honest. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. And it's weird, though. It's a weird documentary, because I don't think that was the, 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 doc- the filmmaker's intentions. No. I don't think he intended, but, you, like, anyone that doesn't really know wrestling watching it would probably walk away with, like, a, a bit of taste in the mouth about yeah, wrestling. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, so, but which is weird, because, like, he's, he's flying the flag of, like, yeah, wrestling's cool. You shouldn't be ashamed to like it. Then he shows all the dark, horrible shit that comes with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is, it's a weird documentary for that. Like, it doesn't really, he doesn't do, I think, what he set out to do. And I mean, it had the blessing of uh, Vince, Vince McMahon, WWS Vince McMahon. But it, it did up to a point. <laughs> yeah. and then, he, then he saw it and was like, <laughs> yeah. fuck this shit. <laughs> Didn't he like, obviously try to like, you know, sue them and all he sorts of He tried to shit. back out and then it just, you know, I think it's the Wikipedia page says something that he withdrew advertising for it on Raw and stuff like that. And then, but he just basically pulled his support and yeah. he, couldn't, he couldn't get it banned or whatever, unreleased. So, you know, not what you can do about it really. No. He, signed, he signed a contract to be involved. So, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, and just <laughs> sips his water like a man. <laughs> so, should we go through it sequentially? Yeah, I think so, yeah. We'll talk to it, because that, that's how we know it, so. Yeah, same, yeah. So, we'll, we'll, he kicks off with, obviously, WWF with it being uh, the biggest, although, technically, at the time, they were getting their arse handed to them. If this is 97, they were getting their arse handed to them by WCW. So. They certainly were, yeah. I suppose it's just in terms of, like, in everyone's memory, WWF is, even, like, back then, it was the bigger brand. And I still think, yeah, in America, maybe, WCW is bigger, but worldwide, you say, wrestling american wrestling people are going to say wwf yeah yeah definitely yeah. so we'll get um he gives us a brief overview first of why he likes wrestling he calls it like just theatrics and it's theater and live theater and stuff which is what i always say all it is is just mm-hmm. it's live action theater That's yeah. What it is, yeah essentially he, he just he sums up why why i like wrestling why most wrestling fans like it because yeah. it's the pageantry and stuff and yeah uh, and the, the the fake drama and stuff. Yeah, uh, and he points out that you know it's goofy, it's cheesy, but that's why it's fun. I like so how it, it totally uh, addresses like the elephant in the room immediately, like because it it's weird that it needed addressing at one time the whole oh it is fake. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I guess even back then, still there was still an element of like some people were like, oh, don't you know it's fake? Oh no. And it was well, like, fucking hell, man. Recently, there was a Daniel Bryan interview with on uh, Good Morning America. Like, to this morning, I think, actually, it was on the uh, Squared Circle Reddit. And, like, they're not even, they're like, well, wrestling, is it fake? And I'm like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, doesn't everyone know it's, that? Be- it's because there, there is still people out there that would, like, question, that don't watch it, that would question whether people actually believe it's real or not. Mm. It's like those people on YouTube where, like, you think, like, oh, I'm going to look up that, um, classic match from back in the day that isn't on the network or whatever yeah first comment you know this is fake right you fucking sad cunts and you're like yes yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm not too <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird and then again though you get that you get that with everything like that I, I used to always get people when people found out I liked Star Trek and they yeah, would be like sure. you know it's not real you know I'm like what what kind of a fucking comment is that yeah. like is that the only thing you can say to try and insult the fact that I like Star Trek yeah, that's so Do weird you know it's I, real? I can't believe people actually said that to you about yeah. fucking Star Trek which yeah, is like no, I- 
a fictional show setting out, like, you know, setting out space yeah. in the future. <laughs> People like, but, wait, you know. But, you know, you got to put it in perspective. I did work with a bunch of Geordies who are like, you didn't like football. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, that's how it was back then. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he kicks off uh, with WWF. Uh, we'll get a brief overview. And you, you briefly see Test. I don't know if you notice in the you lobby. Do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's in WWE. Great, like some of the, the, the background people in this that you see. To be and, fair. And another, uh, there's lots of tragedy comes out of this documentary. Not because of it, but be like, you know, prologues afterwards that, you know, Test's no longer with him anymore. He died. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And um, we'll get to see Brilliant. The, I forgot how close to the start. It's been a while since yeah. I watched this. How close to the start Smug Vince is. Was yeah. He, a- <laughs> I, I totally like made a point of writing that down, going ah. Ah, straight into the classic Vince face interview. It's it's hard to explain if you haven't seen it, but like, <laughs> I've never seen anyone look as smug <laughs> and like, I'm rich and fucking awesome as when drinking a bottle of water. <laughs> it's just like, we make movies. And then gives this, like, cocky head nod and eyebrow raise and then just swigs his bottle of water and the camera stares on him for an uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> yeah, like, like, the cameraman's like, lap it all up. Oh, yes. <laughs> all the sleaze. <laughs> get a little bit of uh, old uh, Attitude Era writer Vince Russo and Sable. Just get a brief bit, which I imagine would have went on longer if the film needed it, like with Jim Johnson, who did all the music and stuff like that. But Yeah, they didn't really, they didn't touch on that. Yeah, they, 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 they mentioned it. They mentioned that there's like some, a person that does like all the outfits and stuff. And music. Yeah. They, they glance over a lot of the technical side of it. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's got to, there's a lot more, I guess once he started yeah. and then realised what he had, he had to cut down on loads yeah. of the other stuff. Yeah. There's quite a cool little bit where they address like the whole merchandising thing. Like essentially that's what powers wrestling Wrestlers are popular, so they can sell merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a funny bit when Jim Bell, who's senior v- vice president in merchandising at that yeah. point, uh-huh. and he says, <laughs> it does make me laugh, this comment, he says, there's a direct correlation between WWF and The Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. I, I always laugh at it. I kind of say, like, what's he saying there? That's, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> he's got a point, though. He does, but I just laugh at the fact he's, he's comparing his, like, the staff to Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could look at it like that, yeah. <laughs> I always laugh at that sort of like putting me notes lol you said it bitch <laughs> <laughs> but then we'll get um, to meet Droz mm, probably Droz one of the saddest things about this I guess yeah but it's also one of the most infamous moments of this documentary <laughs> it is yeah and, and it really does show how fucking stupid like WWE or WWF at that time's creative is they're all like well, let's, be, let's be honest it shows how insane Vince is yeah well it does but you know it's just like someone like goes in and they're like an amazing wrestler and stuff and Vince is like hey I, I noticed you got kind of a big nose there you're gonna be the, the sniffing man so that's kind of like how they create their wrestlers characters it's yeah. like what and because because Draws uh, was a football player who had the the strange um, talent of being able to puke on command they went well, you're gonna be puke <laughs> like they're not, they don't even try to be clever with it. Just yeah. <laughs> and your gimmick is you puke on people. Like, you can kind of tell by draws that he's like, all right, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and when he's on the phone to his mom and stuff, and you're like, yeah. oh god, he knows, he knows it. Shit, he wants to be a serious wrestler that people are buying like the t-shirts and that. Yeah. He knows no one is going to wear a puke t-shirt. <laughs> and thankfully, it's that like, gimmick didn't last long. No, it they chucked him with Legion of Doom eventually, and then with like. Prince Albert and stuff like that. He did spew on people now and then. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it was. Pro- it was probably a bit much, even for the Attitude Era. Yeah, 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 definitely. Too, yeah. too far that. <laughs> I see the casual way Vince describes 
it like when you vomit on your opponent or the referee. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously when he grabs the bin and he's like, I just want you to do uh, one more thing. Oh, it's the best bit <laughs> the whole documentary. He's gone up, yoke. He's, he's, he's gone up, yoke. <laughs> he like edits himself yeah. at one point. He, he does. like does a bit of a jingle. <laughs> he with goes, it. he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, yoke. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Vince yeah. is fucking great at times, isn't he? He's, like, he's, he's genuinely insane. I think Vince is an insane genius. Yeah, quite possibly. Oh my god, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's coming to puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! Oh man! <laughs> but yeah, going on it uh, draws like what happened a few years later. He was paralysed from the neck down during a match. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, man. Kind of grim. Yeah, it, it came at a time when like WWE was all over the place, really, with in, in terms of like fighting off criticism and stuff mm-hmm. as well, and you know, like all the safety issues they were having, and it, right up until, to be honest, right up until fucking the Chris Benoit stuff. Yeah, they've always it, had that. Yeah, and that's like the, the, you know the most recent thing where they've they've had to knuckle down and go right. We're a proper company. We need to like do things properly. <laughs> I can't remember. I should have looked this up. I can't remember if that was. I think it was. Was it after the own heart thing? The draws. The draws. Yeah, definitely. It was close enough to it that it. Yeah. Uh, to the drama of it all, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was after it. Yeah. And it wasn't anything like as you'll see later in the documentary. It wasn't anything like jumping off a cage. It was literally a power bomb gone wrong. It like it was like mm-hmm. water and no one really knows. Some people say because it was D'Lo Brown who gave him the power bomb. Yeah. And it was either like he slipped on a, a t-shirt that was in the ring or the the mat was wet and it was just a freak accident. It was nobody's fault. Just one of them things, yeah. You know, danger that all wrestlers face when they're yeah. throwing each other about and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that annoys me when people like have to like berate it because it's quote-unquote fake. It's like, it's still really fucking dangerous. They like put on a live stunt show for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. you know, anything... Look at Seth Rollins recently, you know, like he's doing like a run of the mill house show to like a, cra- a small, smaller crowd. Mm-hmm. He does a move that he's done hundreds of times before and wrecks his knee. Yeah. yeah, just because he slips, his knees torn to shreds and stuff. It's just yeah. like it can happen. Yeah. And next we'll move on to uh, a smaller uh, indie company called All Pro Wrestling, ran by uh, Roland Alexander, who was the um, <laughs> lovely sleaze, sleazy fucker. <laughs> I do love the air. Uh, well, we'll get, we'll meet Tony Jones and Mike Modest, who are two of his like protégés in yeah. all for wrestling. And I love the edit between uh, Tony Jones going, yeah, sometimes it won't even get paid at all. There's no excuse for not paying anyone. Then it comes to Roland Alexander <laughs> goes, these guys are getting paid loads of money. They love it. They love it. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And then like, uh, yeah, it's such a nicely done thing because he's telling them like, it wrote that Roland guy's telling them like, in, it, they have some sort of like, what's the right word? Like, uh, uh, orientation day for the newbies, don't they? Yeah. In, like, in one bit. And he's saying, like, uh, so, uh, you know, you have to realise straight off the bat there's no money in India. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He's like, so, you know, you don't get into but But, by the way, there is no money in it, but I need $500 up front from you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, so there's fucking money in it for you, you sleazy bastard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's getting $500 off them just for like turning up. Like even uh, at the end montage, you like when he refers to the different kind of people, he's like, there's carnies and it goes straight to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's in like the stuff like, I mean, it's later on, but like the revelation that he's, he would he would be getting like 20% of their contract on that. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, you sleazeball, no way. But uh, the two guys do get tryouts with WWE. The do, yeah. It's kind of like this is the whole segment, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah. and no yeah. one's sure. I saw a, a shoot interview with Jim Cornette recently. He was in this briefly, and he was mm. saying he couldn't remember whether they were getting a tryout anyway, 
mm. or they were getting a tryout simply because there was a documentary being made. He couldn't remember. Mm. But I don't. I, I guess uh, either bit, way, bit both. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's not really. It's a, it was a weird tryout. They'd never do a tryout like that now. No, just uh, like go straight out and have a live match. Yeah, not, just not go and now. have a match. Back yeah. then, yeah, not now. It'd be like get the performance in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was quite a quite a crazy thing. That's sad for them. Sad for them because obviously you know could have changed their lives and stuff and. Well, I was looking up afterwards. Mike Modest went on to do. Um, he's still a wrestler. Mm. He worked in Japan for a bit, which which made me happy because he says in the documentary he would love to work in Japan. Oh, right. Yeah, it's one thing I meant to do. Look at where they are now. Yeah. And uh, Tony Jones ended up having a bunch of appearances, pretty much as a jobber or you know enhancement talent, if you don't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah. On like like throughout the two thousands, now and then on like the B shows, like uh, Metal and Jacked and stuff like that. Yeah, right. So right. he's still got to work there eventually, but yeah. he's re- he's retired now. So. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Because I was always curious as to what they went on to do next. I'd never checked it before until mm-hmm. we decided. Yeah, to- I, I meant I did mean to do that before the show. That's all that's cool about uh, Modest. Like, because I mean, Christ bless him. You could say he was in like his life was in a bit of a shitty place, mm. didn't he? Like, he like lives above like the wrestling uh, thing. He lives in like a dingy little flat, and like yeah. it's such a great like flying the wall bit when like he goes into his little flat. Mm-hmm. He's like there with these cats and these fridges in the background and stuff. And yeah, during the day, he transports bodies for an undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Just got such a crazy life. I him. do, I do love the moment though where they're, they're having the tryout match like before Raw mm. and Jr. and Jim Cornette's watching them on, and then Vince comes by and his reaction to that suplex, where he's like, yeah. "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> yeah, totally winces and he's like, "What was that?" He does do a move that surprises them all, mm. and I think Thrasher from the Headbangers is like, "I'm stealing." <laughs> Yeah. And of course, Seamus would steal it because that's White Knight's finisher. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. It's a move, it's kind of like a variant of a, a move that a lot of people do nowadays as well. Mm. Like obviously, Kevin Owens kind of does a very similar move. I'm guessing a lot of young guys watched this growing up, like, because there were a lot of the wrestlers now were the same age as us, so they would have yeah. saw this in the teens and went, that was a cool move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm loving that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Vince obviously is a total badass at this point as well though when he's like he's like I've got to go you taping this yeah he's just the guy from Goku Midnight <laughs> basically yeah that's what you want to like you know you're a badass when you haven't got time to watch something that's fairly important so you get an underling to tape it <laughs> I'm gonna tape it so I can watch it like that <laughs> yeah. and um, he swigs his water he swigs his water and walks off with his grapefruit fucking grapefruit walk or whatever he's swinging calls. in the wind we'll <laughs> be uh, Mick Foley now yes yeah we do yeah, the only guy that's shown to congratulate Tony Jones, shown what a fucking sterling bloke Mick Foley is. Yeah, like it, it, I think he says it himself. Like in this, doesn't he say like he wants to be like one of the nicest or one of the? <laughs> yeah, I do like that. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's it's probably genuine as well. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and his dad's like, I'm not saying this is as a son. I'm saying this is a person. He's one of the nicest, most polite people. And he's like, yes, I want to be re- remembered as the world's most polite wrestler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, uh, he definitely seemed like like that anyway, for real. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when we met him, I mean, we were shitting myself, but he was nice enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Just give him a handshake and stuff, which I know he doesn't like doing, so... I so fucking regret that now, man. Every time I think back to it, I'm just like, why didn't I fucking say something else? Mm, right. Like I, well, I mean, you meet someone that you've idolised. <laughs> like, I had something in my mind to tell him. Uh, and then I got up there and I was like, hiya. And then the guy was like, wait, what do you want? Do you want this? Do you want this autograph? Or do you want that? And I was like, oh, oh, I love that. <laughs> and then as he was signing me book, he was looking down. It was loud as fuck. And then he said something. And I just didn't hear what he said. And I just stayed <laughs> quiet like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> just staring out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if he looked up, he would have just seen his goalie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on there. Your brain just freezes <laughs> mm. in the moment. 
<laughs> and move on to the uh, the Terry Funk, uh, introduced to Terry Funk, uh, the man of a thousand retirements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Terry, Terry Funk's like, it, it, like, probably like one of three main characters in this documentary, essentially. Yeah, it's pretty much him, Mick Foley, and Jet the Snake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, fascinating. Like, it, what a great idea as well to follow Terry Funk. Mm. Someone who's had a fucking crazy career. He's wrestled at the highest and the lowest points of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and at this point, what is he, 53? 52, 53, something? Uh, yeah, he's 53 in this one, yeah. We'll kind of meet him when he's like, well, we'll meet him getting out of bed first, which is the most fun. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> total, yeah, I'd made note of that. I was like, total all access. Like, he's just fucking getting up and he's like, he's he's whiteies. <laughs> you can tell it's genuine because yeah. he's fucking out of it. He's just like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah and then crazy. he's at the doctors and his doctor's basically saying, right, both your knees are fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, this knee's destroyed, 85% destroyed. That knee... You'll feel comfortable, but it'll probably hurt severely. This knee, though, you, I'm surprised you're still, you're he's still like, walking. Yeah, he's like, you need a new knee. <laughs> yeah. Terry and Funk's then, like, will I be able to, like, like <laughs> live comfortably? And he's like, you shouldn't be living comfortably now. <laughs> but then, like, I think, like, straight after that, though, he just says, like, what about wrestling, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, essentially, the doctor's like, your legs are fucked. You're going to need, like, if you if you wrestle one more match, you may need, like, need new legs. And he's like, well, can I wrestle in a week, though? That's essentially, like, what happens in that little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, that's just, just the mindset of him. the old-school wrestler mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I got, I've got a show to do. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and if the doctor had said no, he would have went, well, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, and that's kind of, like, what the wrestler tra- captures, I suppose, as well. Yeah, like, exactly, like, yeah. The whole, like... You, like Rocky thing as well like you you can't perform anymore please do not perform but then they just can't perform you've got to do it type of thing <laughs> yeah. and then uh, we'll find out Funk's going to be um, performing on ECW's first pay-per-view and then we'll get the in, uh, intro to ECW with um, what well, it just shows how like not low I don't mean low level in a bad way but just how like grassroots ECW was that he's doing like the fucking link promos of Joey Styles and like, his mother's basement and stuff it's uh, great yeah, his mum's ironing in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Especially just coming from, like, seeing WWF and the fucking Titan Towers and all the fucking, the glitz and glamour of it, and it's just, like, in his basement doing promos. It's yeah, it's, it's quite a nice setup, the documentary, in that way, yeah. Like, it's shown you, like, basically, like, the bookends of wrestling, like, one extreme to another. I guess that's why it works as well. If you had WCW in there as well, it wouldn't work as well, because it's better to just go from one to the other instead yeah. of going from two that are multi-millionaire companies to just, you know... Yeah, it's good to just go from WWF to ECW. Yeah. But yeah, it, I suppose it, it focuses again. Like, I mean, it's cool to see the ECW thing, which it, it semi focuses on. But again, it's more following like F- Terry Funk, really. Yeah, pretty much. And like, obviously, the, the next bit we'll get to see like, yeah, these family are watching him wrestle, aren't they? Basically, mm-hmm. uh, and like he's taking like full on headshots from like a set of ladders. In a bin. Yeah, and like his family are just like there wincing, like his, his daughter who's soon to be married and shit. Yeah. And they're all like, Ugh. again, something that this documentary does quite well is like highlights the human side of it. Oh, yeah, because I mean, you know, the family obviously knows wrestling isn't a genuine combative sport, but they know full well the fucking injuries their fucking dads come home with over the years. Yeah, and like they are real injuries, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that horrible bit, like after the match. Where I'm not. It's not like he's got internal injuries, but he's just like hacking up blood while a guy stitches up his head. Yeah, and the guy's like, "Have you got, have you got blood in your lungs or something?" And he's, he's like, like, "Yeah, I think just it went, I swallowed." Yeah, and stuff, and he's like, 
part of yeah. his like blood over his face and like, but then he was then he washes it down with a beer because he's a fucking Texan man. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. On to the next show. Yeah. But <laughs> the great so. thing about this is like uh, young Heyman with his um I would, I always call it the army general speech where he's talking to them all before the pay per view and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. If there was a guy that was born with gift of the garb, it's Paul Heyman. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Yeah, it's he's a fantastic seller basically for anything. Like, you could even call as a promoter, you could even call him just like a bullshit artist. It doesn't matter. He's fucking just he can he could get you hyped up for anything. He could mm. get you to like fucking you know, fight an army by yourself. He's yeah. just that fucking good at talking. Yes. Yeah, Seventeen million homes that have availability for this show tonight. It will pay twenty dollars, hopefully, for the privilege to see you guys do what you have done for three and a half years. Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company, for help putting us on the map, for being unselfish in selfish times, for taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. Start the show. I guess we're back to Mick Foley again because obviously Terry Funk talks about Mick Foley for a bit. Yeah. It mentions him, but then it, it goes to Mick Foley who's like discussing like Terry Funk's career and stuff. Yeah, and we'll get to see a lot of clips of those, um, which I've always wanted to see in full. I remember seeing them for the first time like on it was a pay-per-view where they were talking about like maybe before Mick Foley's first retirement match when they were showing a lot of clips of those death matches he had in Japan with Terry Funk. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, like just ridiculous amounts of blood <laughs> oh it's and like you know just think of it this way folks for those unfamiliar with wrestling you think wrestling is just american wrestling japanese deathmatch wrestling is basically instead of ropes it was real barbed wire not fucking blunt it was real mm. uh, explosive pads with like not it's not gonna kill you but it's gonna hurt yeah yeah uh, big boards covered in fucking razor wire and just it's just brutal as shit yeah. <laughs> basically yeah like people just just pissing blood everywhere, basically. Mm. <laughs> I mean, is, is it this documentary where I can't remember if it's like uh, it's because it's a brief shot. Maybe making a note when it happened, where it's got that um, moment where Terry Funk's got a Japanese guy by the head and he's got like a fucking brand on it. Oh no, I don't know. Maybe not. I can't is remember this. That. I've seen that clip before, and I was just yeah. like, it, it, even though you know Terry Funk's perfectly normal bloke, you see that and you're like, he's fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you get a, you get to meet Mick Foley, the family man, complete opposite to his character in WWF, mm. as you yeah, imagine. Yeah, like talking to his dad and stuff, which I thought was quite funny. He's asking permission to wrestle in the basement <laughs> yeah. and that. Just shows you're never too old. <laughs> of course, when you think about him, he was only like, what, 31, 32 at this point? Mm, yeah. Younger than we are now. Yeah, pretty mad. But yeah, it, it kind of it bridges nicely into like, introducing Mick Foley as this lovely bloke who's like totally sound of mind. Yeah. But then, like, he gets a voicemail from Cactus Jack. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like he's essentially, like, totally out of it. And he's like, hey, it's, it's Cactus Jack here. And uh, I just talk shit. Yeah, and he's like, it. they say it was a good match. I don't remember too much of it. <laughs> Which is, like, the nice bridge into basically, like, what got us back into wrestling, really? The King of the Ring. Hell in the Cell, yeah. Uh, the I'm match, yeah. Admit that, like, 
even watch, uh, watching the whole match has the same effect, but even just seeing clips still makes me anxious as fuck as the first time I saw it. Where I was like, what the fuck? Because honestly, <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't watched a wrestling event mm. until 98 since mm. like 92. Yeah. And yeah. then I saw that and you were saying to me, you were like, you know what? I'm pretty sure wrestling is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Because I think I, I had a friend stopping over that night. Um, yeah. And I, I said, oh, there's a, there's a wrestling pay-per-view on, on Sky Sports, should we? or Sky Movies maybe, whatever it was on back then. And I said, let's watch it three hours long and it'll be a laugh. And like, yeah, and, you know, like I was full versed that wrestling wasn't real and stuff. I knew. You, you were just expecting like, I'll be our blokes in fucking turkey costumes. It'll be a laugh. Yeah. It's sort of being like... Is is wrestling real now? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like seeing Mick Foley getting like you know choke slammed like twenty foot to the ground and stuff. <laughs> Seriously, if anyone's listening to this who thinks wrestling's a bunch of shit but wants to hear this review anyway, just because you're a fan of the show, just watch Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring '98. Mm. You'll if if you think wrestling's just you know headlock, body slam and stuff, your eyes will be popped pretty yeah, much yeah it's crazy the stuff he does like not just one big bump there's like five big events or something in that match where you go oh jesus and the one where he goes through the top was mm. like there's this be, there's been this argument for years of was mm. that supposed to happen or yeah. was it planned and i yeah. think the thing the, the it's somewhere in the middle it was supposed to happen just not the way it happened yeah yeah like it wasn't supposed to break all the way through mm. And the chair hit him. wasn't supposed to hit him in the face. That's what knocked his tooth out and knocked mm-hmm. him out for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, crazy. crazy. <laughs> I'm like, there's parts in the fucking match where he collapses and he's not acting. <laughs> he's literally just can't stand up. Mm. Yeah, he's totally out of it and stuff. And I think they were genuinely trying to get him like, you know, like finish the match, essentially. Like the people around and that. Mm. It's a bit when Terry Funk comes in and stuff and he's mm. all like trying to get him to stop. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a great bit in Foley's book where like, when he comes through the top of the cage mm. and then the, that's where they start killing time because they realise he's really hurt. Yeah. And Undertaker kills time by chokeslamming Terry Funk and for some yeah. reason Terry Funk's shoes come off when he gets <laughs> chokeslammed and Mick Foley said he woke up from his days and was like, why is there a pair of fucking shoes in the ring? <laughs> Two shoes on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just Terry Funk getting chokeslammed out of his bloody shoes. It's a great bit of ad lib though. Oh yes, yeah, you know, like to like have that like time wasting thing and like Terry Funk go in and get chokeslammed and that. Yeah. <laughs> like even if that bit was planned anyway, it worked just to give McFoley a fucking rest. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, what you needed. Wrestling fans, I guess, um, unanimously praised the first one. Where I was thrown off the cage. Probably the more spectacular of the two, but it's the wrestlers who appreciate the second one because they've been body slammed and backdropped on our WWF mat, which doesn't have a whole lot of give to it. On the other side, there's. <laughs> I guess we'll get on to uh, Jay the Snake now. Yeah, Jay the Snake, like, massively dark chapter of this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> like, massively. I, I do love the way it opens with his, probably his best promo, the Million Dollar Man promo. He's, like, mm. wallowing in the muck of avarice and all that stuff. Yeah. It. Just, he was pure gold on the mic. Yeah. Uh, Jay the Snake, yeah. But, like, without ever raising his voice. <laughs> yeah. Which is, so, that's such a great thing about him. He, he didn't actually need to scream and shout. At an era where it was, that was the thing. Oh, Jesus, yeah, we're fucking, Hogan and fucking Macho Man's fucking coked up promos. Where you're just like, Christ, the heads are going to pop off in a second. <laughs> but this, that, that presents a problem, though, because a lot of people, even Vince says in this documentary, like, he was never sure whether he was talking to Jake mm. the man or Jake the character, because he's not sure if 
they're that different and yeah yeah i mean that's something that probably the documentary could have focused on a bit more mm. the fact that these wrestlers kind of like start believing their own shit eventually mm. their own hype like it's certainly like with someone like hulk hogan like there is no hulk like there's no terry and no. hulk hogan it, yeah. it is just hulk hogan it's hulk hogan that's it yeah, yeah and like with jay the snake yeah i guess he his life was that fucked up that he based he based his internal fuck like he based his character on his internal like darkness and stuff. Yeah, and like he, he is his character, and his character is him. It's so yeah. I, a lot of the interviews I've seen, I've, I've always thought like, is any of that true? And you, you never know with Jet the Snake. Yeah, I think he's, you know I mean? obviously now like this is the, the horrible po- portion of his life, and now thanks mm-hmm. to DDP, the Jesus of wrestling, <laughs> he's got his life back on track yeah, and stuff, yeah. but. Yeah, there's certain points when, like, in this documentary where he's talking where you're like, is he cutting a promo or has he been... Gen- it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, I mean, Christ, I suppose uh, throughout this documentary, Transzoi was probably off his tits as well. Well... <laughs> like, most of it. I mean, it goes to that, like, quite early on, that, like, um, uh, you don't get his name, it's very quick, like, an interview with an indie promoter where he says, like, basically, Jake wouldn't do the show unless we got him some crack. Yeah. And you're like, jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's well, whether it's true or not, who the fuck knows, but mm-hmm. if it is, it, it's pointing towards probably true. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. pretty fucking grim. And we meet him at a, a show, it's, it's either Alaska or Nebraska, and we get his backstory where he tells with it... His mother was 13 when he was born because the bloke that was going out with his grandmother raped his mother. Mm. And you're just like, fuck, what a fucking way to start your life. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's his dad's name again? Grizz- Grizzly. Grizzly Smith. Smith. Oh. Ah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's some dark shit, that, like. Mm. And I can't believe, like, it doesn't really... It doesn't really spend much time on this, but somehow they managed to get them together for the documentary. And that's the, that's awkward as fuck. All they're <laughs> yeah. doing is doing backyard work in silence. Well, <laughs> no wonder, like, what did they think was going to happen? What the, yeah, what the fuck together? are they going to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's going to be like this is your life moment. They're going to hug it yeah. out. And yeah. it's just the, the dark the thing that Jake says. Like you said, the only way I'm going to get my dad to like love and respect is if I if I'm better at him than what he did. So he became a wrestler, and it made no difference whatsoever. Yeah, well, because. What he sort of says, he says that like he, he wanted to become a wrestler, and his dad was like, "You'll never make it," and like, "I don't respect you." Mm. He took that and he said, "You know what? I'm going to take this wrestling industry and shove it up his ass." Yeah, and so, and he's like, "By God, I, and I did it. I did do it." But you know what? It didn't matter. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it's a great little bit where you think, "God, oh, that's fucking powerful it's stuff." Like depressing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he goes on about his sister who was murdered. <clears throat> They never yeah. got the body back. The person yeah. got out of prison, told him to fuck off, said they're not telling you where the body... It's just like a fucking horrible history he's got. Yeah, and his, his stepdad that he got on with ended up killing himself or something as well. I, I think, it, from the way he says it, it seems like it was just an accident. Yeah. Just yeah. like, you know, it's a horrible man, horrible Yeah, story. Yeah, because there's something in the attic or something, didn't he? Or somebody said. He just says he got electrocuted in the attic, yeah. Yeah, that's His it. mother found him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrible shit. Mm. Yeah, so... And obviously, and, and this is all interspliced with like footage of him at indie shows and that. And there's like this bit when he's like peeing in like a bucket. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just like, what a contrast from like his, his career when he was at the height of his career. Yeah, just before the show on Cliffs made WrestleMania 6, like fucking front like almost 100,000 people and stuff. Mm. And he's pissing in a bucket in Nebraska or something. <laughs> it's pretty depressing. Pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah, we'll get a brief bit about China now. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really go. I, I suppose like. China was at that point in her career where she hadn't full on gone into porn and stuff. 
Not at all. <laughs> this well, place. Yeah, I suppose because <laughs> ninety nine. Yeah, so she she had left the WWE though, right? Yeah, she had. Actually, no, yeah. not at this point. No. Actually, no. It's just early. Uh, she was around like two thousand and one. I want to yeah, say. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the documentary obviously in hindsight it doesn't capture the. the that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's kind of another tragic story about this. Like, it, it, but it wasn't until years later because I mean, yeah. it's one of those things when we're like people think wrestling's ridiculous, and a lot of the time. The behind the scenes is way more ridiculous. Mm, yeah, like proper schoolyard stuff. Yeah, like she was in a relationship with Triple H. Yeah. Who ended up, depending on who you believe, cheating on her with the boss's daughter, marrying mm. her. She got fired because of it, out of spite, apparently. Mm. Because of that, she developed a drug problem and she ended up doing porn. And then, uh, just horrible, yeah, man. It's like, a fuck, it's like a terrible soap opera. Yeah. What a shame, because she seemed like, you know, like, really cool, and she's one of them people that's, like, a unique talent that deserved a place in, like, the Hall of Fame. For yeah, us I, st- I, st- I still think she should be in the Hall of Fame. It's mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous that Triple H is like, oh, well, if my daughter's Google China, what are they going to find? It's They'll like, Google it anyway, you know what I mean? It, it's You can't erase history mm. as much as WWE would like to try by, like, expunging, like... Chris Benoit and uh, and like and more recently Hulk Hogan and stuff. Yeah, you know, you, these things actually happened, and the, the, this lady actually had massive matches where she like did massive things for like female wrestlers. Yeah, uh, and they're just like mm, it didn't happen. And then they're like you know in the con- in the context of kayfabe and stuff, she was the first woman to be in the Royal Rumble. She was the first female Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, yeah. So that all counts. And then, yeah. you know it's the fucking ironic thing is that like you say oh you know she did porn blah blah blah. Fucking Sonny who was already in the Hall of Fame just did a porn recently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just because the personal connection basically. Of course it is. Yeah, it's because yeah. you know Stephanie McMahon doesn't want her in the Hall of Fame. She doesn't want to have to fucking run into her and talk to her because she's like an insane crazy bullying like psychopath uh, which is allegedly ironic. allegedly <laughs> no but like you know all the stuff about like her being like it's this is the weird thing about wrestling she always like talks about anti-bullying and stuff mm. but then like she basically portrays a bully in like onto screen and stuff and you know and there seems to be a lot of dodgy things going on backstage and stuff you know the portraying a bully, bully thing wouldn't matter that's mm. just attacking but the fact that she, she never gets a come up <laughs> Mm, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, that's it. Yeah, the bad guys always win in wrestling yeah. at the minute. So it's, yeah. it's a fucked up thing, like, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're getting to be another hell of a character, uh, New Jack. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about New Jack. Like, he was like, his gimmick is like, he, well, his gimmick slash. Not a gimmick? Gimmick? That's it. He justifiably, though, justifiably killed people in his past. Apparently, he was a bounty hunter, and that's, yeah. where, that's where those justifiable homicides come from. But then he also shows you how he's got no knuckles on one of his hands because he punched a bitch in the eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Ser- oh, serious about it. Do you know much about New Jack? Because if not, just search, no, no. just search on YouTube for like New Jack. New Jack almost kills a wrestler. That's all you need to know. Yeah. He's fucking oh. stabbed people in the ring, man. <laughs> That's crazy. And, like, beat the shit out of, like, a seven-year-old wrestler. Oh, my God. He's yeah, insane. Have, have a look, yeah. Because I, I, I remember his name and stuff popping up now, but I just totally forgot about him when I was watching the documentary. So, the yeah. most, yeah. I think the most infamous New Jack moment, at least from when he was in ECW, was what's called the mass transit incident, where this mm. kid who lied about his age, he was, like, 17, mm. and he got on a show, like, just a house show, and uh, they were like, right, you're going to get some colour on this match. Uh, have you ever played it before? No, no, I'll, I'll trust you to do it to New Jack. And New Jack, like, cut, like, a five-inch fucking gash in his head. Of course. Like, to the point where he was just like, 
piss and blood out of his head and shit, and then they try to sue. It was just a whole big fucking yeah, mess. Yeah, yeah, he's done some mad shit. But I mean, in this one, ridiculously, they're trying to like sell him as uh, as an actor, aren't they? Basically, well, they, like he goes to an audition and they basically oh, like, please. oh yeah, you're wonderful. Please oh, don't kill us. <laughs> I, I, I hate that bit. That's the most arse kissy fucking Hollywood thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's, they're probably just doing it to get him out the door, man. Repeat him. You can tell, like the woman isn't as bullshitty as the guy. Mm. The guy's like, oh, I, I, he could be a lead man. He could, he could win an Oscar. It's just like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the lead man. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not that. Like. <laughs> yeah, like, let's draw back a bit. Yeah, yeah. calm down. <laughs> it's quite funny, yeah. And he, he, he was in a film or something, wasn't he? Or? I, don't, I don't know. No Did idea. Yeah, I'm sure it's something. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like he was in, you know, like Matrix or anything, but I'm sure he was in something like shit around that time. It probably has been. <laughs> yeah, like Channel 5 type fodder. He's trying to tweet or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that's, it's very brief, that, the New Jack stuff. It's yeah, just, oh, oh, for some reason, I always remember the New Jack bit as being longer. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It just it, it gets straight back to Terry Funk announcing his, his first retirement. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was curious. I was like, I know he came out of retirement about 80 fucking times. Yeah. And his final retirement match was last year. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That, I know. And that won't be the last one. He's like 70 now. Yeah. I think it was against Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Yeah. Bless him. <laughs> still going. Just can't stop, man. Yeah. It just he's one of them people that has it in his blood, basically. Mm. We're gonna meet a guy who's become sort of a like in joke amongst uh, wrestling fans now, fucking Dennis I'm not booked stamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where he's all like <laughs> he's just refusing to take Oh, it's just ridiculous. He's like a child, basically. He is a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's like but again, great editing for the documentary. He's all like, you know, I wasn't booked, so you know and then he's like on a trampoline. <laughs> like yeah. doing jumping jacks on a trampoline or something, being like, I oh I was staying shape just, just in case something comes up. <laughs> and then he's like we last match was 1991 <laughs> uh, yeah it's such a great moment and then obviously like Terry Funk's talking to him casually going like yeah man you're going to be there and he's like no I'm not going to be there I'm not what? booked why, why are you not going to be there I'm not booked well I'm you've got booked. to turn up though I'm not booked that's all work <laughs> he's all like so like he's, he just strong arms I'm into saying well oh, yeah you can why don't you be the ref <laughs> yeah and he's all like, ah, oh, you know, no, that's no, no. Then he's like got a massive Cheshire grin like on his face, like, oh, <laughs> I got what I wanted. <laughs> and then like, I don't know, like almost immediately you see him like in his little referee vest and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's all giddy about being in the main event finally. And stuff. Mm, yeah, I, I feel I feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah, you can see where he's coming from and stuff. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of them things about wrestling, I suppose. Like, people get caught up in the moment and forget about people that have helped get them there and stuff. Yeah. Wasn't anything to... And Terry Funk, to his credit, he did immediately sort of say, look, you be in the main event and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because he has his retirement match against uh, Bret Hart, doesn't he? Does, yeah, which is pretty mad, because Bret Hart was big at that time. Yeah. And I always thought, like, before I realised that WCW just declined, I thought it was weird that, like, they didn't focus at all on the screw job, especially when they're talking about how mm. Vince McMahon has become a character now. Yeah, yeah, they, they glance over that very quickly, the Vince McMahon thing being a character. Yeah. And don't mention the screw job at all, which was one of the most, like, real things that ever happened in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. We do get some, uh, the uncomfortable meeting between Jake and his daughter. Yeah, again, this is proper wrestler territory. This, like, like the movie wrestler, yeah. this is, like, what, what, like, obviously inspired them before it gets to that when he's just on the phone mm. talking to her and then he hangs up and he's like wow that was fucking 
That was brutal. Yeah. And then he gets fucking distracted by like a chocolate stain on his jacket. Yeah, he's like, and uh, you know, what the hell is this shit? (laughs) Just that is, I guess that is like personality, basically. He's just all over the place. Always makes us laugh. He just then he's like, is this chakrism? (laughs) Not the point, Jake. Yeah, it's it's pretty grim. Like, like the daughter as well saying, like, um, oh, I want to come with friends. Mm. And And he says, like, he says, yeah, I guess. And then she straightway fires back. Not I'm scared of you or anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but obviously she is. Yeah, probably. I yeah. mean, because it, it, you get the feeling they've never really had that much of a relationship anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know something about this. This is the point where I keep thinking, is Jake putting on that door? I, yeah. don't, I, I don't mean to sound horrible, but it's just it's the way he is. Yeah. Everything's a promo almost. Like, wait, you can't tell... Because it's just the way he is, so you can't tell if he's, like, putting on an act or he's being genuine. Mm. I don't know. It probably is real because they do say, literally afterwards, he went off and did crack, so... Yeah, well, because, obviously, they meet up um, at some sort of hotel or something. Yeah. Um, And, like... Straight away, I think they have like a five minute meeting, don't they? And then he's like, right by. Yeah. <laughs> and just goes back to his room. He's not going to hang around. Uh, and they have quite a, a, like a genuine heart to heart where he like opens up really about, about like his life and the reasons why he wasn't there and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, go, he goes up to his room and takes crack. Apparently. It's the same. Uh, yeah. And then there's like this. This sort of like powerful bit that again sticks in my head when he's leaning up against the, the bed and he says like uh, I, I think the interviewer asks him like, do, do you feel sorry for yourself yeah yeah and he's like no 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 I, I don't uh, I don't feel sorry for myself everything that's happened I've like I deserved it and I, I never feel sorry for it. and he says like if, if that's what the camera's capturing then it's wrong not, yeah, yeah and that's all like, oh, fucking hell yeah. yeah but again Jet Snake just cutting an awesome promo <laughs> pretty much <laughs> I honestly think if Jake hadn't been a wrestler he would have won fucking Oscars he's, <laughs> yeah. he's that fucking like, charismatic and yeah. yeah when I was growing up I swore up and down I would never treat my kids the way my father treated me and 24 years later I look back and say my god you've done the exact stinking same thing but it's not the way I wanted it to go how did you want it to go I guess I uh, wanted that Walt Disney ending, you know, not the old yeller one either. <laughs> Dad, we've never had a Walt Disney ending. I know, I certainly haven't. All right, so we'll go back to Foley now, who is uh, now the WWF champion. Yeah, it's like it goes from the grimness straight back to the, the glitz. Yeah, and it's cool. All this bit's great because it's like when we were watching and stuff. So I remember at the time mm. thinking like, it's great to see all the behind the scenes stuff for the time we were watching and stuff. Yeah, like, like there's a bit when you see Rock cut the promo. Well, first you see him practicing the promo. Yeah, and then you see him actually delivering the promo. But you see it from obviously like a backstage sort of perspective. That's kind of cool because I totally remember the promo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I remember first of all, I was like, I remember that promo because I always remember the way he used the word befuddled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a brief. Um, Stone Cold appearance, very brief. Mm, meeting the kids and stuff. So yeah. Apparently, he refused to appear on camera. <laughs> Fair dues. Again, these people probably like, you know, you, you get a tip off. A lot of the time, people aren't cutting documentaries to make wrestling seem mint. 
probably no. no. So like people like Stone Cold and that, who's obviously a very clever guy, you know, he's he's got his wits about him and stuff. He probably thought, nah, nah, I'm not gonna because they're gonna make me look like a dickhead or something. Mm. Yeah, even if it was right or wrong, that's probably what he he thought would happen. I think all wrestlers back then were on the guard. Yeah, like, not so much now, but like back then, like for journalists, because you just yeah. sort of look at the like old that infamous John Starsell interview where like oh, was Dave Schultz like slapped him and fucking burst his eardrum. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. Yeah, it's got totally stuff. Is it a good business? Yeah, it's a good business. I wouldn't be in it if it wasn't. Why is it a good business? Because only the tough survive. That's the reason you ain't in it. And this punk holding the camera, reading he ain't in it. Reading these rednecks out here ain't in it because it's a tough business. That's terrific. What, is that all you got? I'll ask you the standard question. You know? Standard question. I think this is fake. You think it's fake? What's that? Is that fake? Huh? What the hell's wrong with you? That's open hand slap, huh? You think it's fake? You call like that? Huh? What do you mean? Uh, but yeah, Royal Rumble, 1999, for the, um, the infamous uh, I Quit match. Mm, where he gets the shit kicked out of him. And we'll get his family's reaction. He got his wife and his two kids. And uh, that's the... This is the most unsettling part of the whole thing. Cause yeah, like, his, his wife is screaming, like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> throughout, and that's upsetting the kid, and the kid's howling and crying and stuff. Yeah. And it's 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 kind of amusing watching the other fans around here that obviously don't know who she is. Mm, yeah. He, he briefly interacts with them during his entrance, but not so much that it would call attention to it. So everyone's watching going, Christ, it's not real, you know? <laughs> yeah. Calm down, love. Calm down, woman. Although he does take like 20 headshots well, that's with the thing. a chair. So. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, it's, <laughs> you can tell, I mean, Mick Foley even says afterwards that like, you know, he hit us so many damn times with a chair and you can tell Rock kind of took some liberties a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he probably took a little bit too far because he, he thought oh you know I've got this punching bag mm. that is infamous for getting for taking like crazy bumps yeah. so I'm just going to go mental to like excel myself in a way like I mean I love The Rock and stuff but and plus The Rock was like what 24, 25 at the time yeah he's yeah. still a pretty young guy yeah he yeah, didn't really have the sense and stuff no so yeah, he just pounded the shit out of his head like, and it's chair. it's still really uncomfortable to watch as well, yeah. especially now with the whole thing about concussions and the fact that mm-hmm. don't do chair shots to the head anymore. Yeah, it's totally a, a, a written rule, literally no headshots and stuff. And he's hitting him in the back of the head, which is the worst place to get hit. Yeah, yeah, crazy match. I can't remember. Is that the match where he? he it's like he doesn't actually say I quit. Is like no. ordered. Is that? Yeah, they basically like lured him into saying the words "I quit" before the show, like yeah. the interview, and they played that over the speaker. Because at the yeah. time, I was like, "What? What happened? Eh? What?" Yeah, it was such a good swerve, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, a good moment. I'll have to go back and rewatch that that rumble. Actually, I was thinking when I was watching this documentary. Mm, it's a good rumble. Cause yeah. It's the one with McMahon in it and China's in the Royal Rumble and stuff. It's a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, very, uh, very grim bit, and and also like pretty irresponsible. It, it like highlights how irresponsible wrestling is when like he's pissing with blood backstage and like mm. he's, they, they bring these kids like straight to him I know they wanted like oh quick let's show him daddy's okay and that but I'm not sure they should have brought the kids to him when he was getting his head stitched open yeah stitched yeah. closed and shit I thought oh Christ man like, you got that um, that doctor from back then who would always be on the show Francois Petit yeah who's yeah. like it's just a boo boo <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, but the gash in his head though is massive. It's like a cleft. <laughs> <laughs> it's even hit with an axe or something. Yeah. 
It's funny when his wife's like, what time's off late? <laughs> and there's like some like helper person that are like, oh, we can totally arrange that if you want. And she's like, no, no, I'm just asking to like see if he knows where he is. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> yeah, quite clever little thing she does. I don't know if we talked about this during the episode, um, Mortal Kombat episode, but you know that doctor, uh-huh. Francois Petit, he played Sub-Zero in the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, of course, yeah. What yeah. fucking weirdest thing. Yeah. That is pretty weird. So strange, man. Yeah. What a weird connection. Uh, but eventually, uh, Barry Blaustein, the director, takes the footage of his family's reaction mm. to Mick Foley, and you just feel so bad for Mick It's quite, quite a powerful moment again. Like, yeah, because his face, he's just like, oh, God. Oh, oh, God. He says that he feels, for the first time in his life, he feels like a bad father. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty powerful stuff, mm, that really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it had, like... Because, I mean, it wasn't long before he, he retired from active wrestling, really, wasn't it? After, well, like, like like Terry Funk, though, for the first time. If you know what I mean. Like, he, he did take a massive step back, though. Oh, he did, yeah. yeah. He, like, he had his retirement match in, like, uh, early 2000, like, February 2000, I think, mm. and then came back sporadically. Over. He never went full-time again, I don't think, apart from when he was commissioner and stuff. Yeah. But he never had a full-time wrestling career after so that. I wonder if it that, you know, had something to do with it, I guess. Wouldn't surprise us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if... I can't remember if he mentions that in his book or not, but it wouldn't surprise us. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it, really. That's pretty much it. The show wraps up by saying Tony Jones and Mike Modest never never got their break in the WWF. Mm. Uh, Terry Funk, of course, did not stay retired. <laughs> uh, it says Jake the Snake spent some time in jail. Uh-huh. and uh, didn't see his, his daughter ever again at, at that point. I'm not sure yeah. if he has since. Thankfully, that has a happier end. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then it covers Paul Heyman is still hanging in there with his little wrestling company. Yeah, God, shows how long ago this was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, really, it is really good. Uh, documentary i'm not sure let's say that start i'm not sure it it achieves what it sets out to do i think that's a little bit it's a little bit naive in that way like it, it it's wanting to tell you like oh you know these are great guys but at the end of it you're kind of like fuck well with a with a topic like this though you kind of like don't you know you never really know what you're going to get so mm-hmm. his intentions were probably i want to make a show like a behind the scenes documentary of wrestling so people know what it's actually about and then he just ended up you know having some dark subjects to deal with yeah, and yeah. that's the film he ended up with that's the thing with documentaries you know what i mean and i think that's probably what certainly what vince mcmahon was pissed off about the fact that they didn't really capture the funness of wrestling or all the pageantry mm. it captured more about the darkness of the of wrestling so i can kind of see why vince would be pissed off about it to be fair and explains why Vince started doing a lot of documentaries on his own wrestlers, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try and, like, claw back a bit. Yeah. Like I said, if you're not a fan of wrestling, yeah, I think you'll still enjoy it. It's just that if you enjoy tragic documentaries mm. or just, the t- you know, documentaries about people and just interesting people, that's, mm. you know, that's all I can say, really recommend it. Yeah, and that's, that's what wrestlers are. A lot of the time they're just people that have these crazy lives, that they do crazy things, they, they live, they burn bright and very short, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they just have, well, well they're at the top of the game, fucking crazy lives. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great stuff, Beyond the Mat, go check it out. It is on YouTube, I think. Mm. I need, I need, probably need to rebuy it. I've got like, a DVD that is so old it comes in a wood case and stuff. It's <laughs> uh, it's like one of them, you know, the the DVDs that was like massive and plastic. Oh, where they try to make like CDs, like DVD Amore yeah. cases and stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's like crazy and stuff. Yeah. It has like zero special features. I hate those. Whenever you buy something for like a penny on Silverstock and it's like a DVD from 1999 in those fucking cases, I'm like, oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, it's literally. Yeah, uh, so I got it like free from work from HMV. 
Yeah. Uh, it was like a promo one or something. Uh, so yeah, I should probably rebuy it because I, I believe it was re-released with like special features on it and stuff. This is a director's cut that's a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. with a few more interviews in it. I don't yeah. think it's massively longer, but so yeah, I'll have to get that. Did Did your version have Jesse Ventura in it? Oh yeah, actually, we forgot to mention about yeah, Jesse yeah. Ventura. yeah. I think I think that might be in more of him in the director's cut. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we skimmed over him, obviously, but Jesse the Body Venture. He's only in it like 20 seconds. Yeah, right at the start. I guess because of his political career and that he didn't, he, he probably like occurred to this interview but didn't want to start talking about it. Or... Yeah, he can't be Jesse Ventura though, not alone now he's all like, you know, some mad conspiracy nut and stuff. Is he? Really? That's not really. <laughs> Every time he pops up, it's always because he's had got some mad conspiracy about the Illuminati or something, I don't know. <laughs> I never really keep track. No, well, that's it. No, I've, not, I've literally not seen him since, like, since he, he popped up now and then on WWE, to be honest. Yeah. Still, you can't beat his sexual tyrannosaur and all the rest. Oh, Predator quotes. Slack jaw, faggots! <laughs> I think, actually, I think in Predator, he's just doing an impression of Vince. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, one of my favourite things about Vince's pop fact that always comes up is the fact that he hates people sneezing. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> he considers it a sign of weakness. Yeah, you could literally be fired for sneezing in front of Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> like, Paul Heyman told a story once that he was having a meeting with Vince. Yeah. And Vince just, like, started looking off to the side and wasn't listening to what Heyman was saying. He was like, what the fuck, what if I said something wrong? Mm. And then Vince just suddenly sneezed. Mm. And the rest of the conversation just didn't happen because Vince was so disappointed in himself for sneezing. Because <laughs> he doesn't have... Con- it's the only thing he can't control, is Yes, it? exactly. It's fucking <laughs> insanity, man. So, I mean, he's a fucking insane genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But yeah, that's beyond the map. That's episode 99. Yeah, it's on episode 100. Fuck knows what that's going to be. Mm. We'll have to do... We're going to do something special. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a think about it. Mm. Maybe just do a, a like a, a, a proper live show over here. Oh God, how are we gonna do a live show? <laughs> you mean like live broadcast? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Not with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so I can like totally like go go nuts and, and like say really edgy things that you could, I know you can't edit. Out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what worries us. <laughs> And the fact that if we know it's fucking going out live, we'll just fucking climb up and be like, um, <laughs> yeah, what, uh, what we're going to talk about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. So until then, keep it real. Mm. Keep it warm and keep it rustling. Rustling. Keep rustling. I'm in the rustling business. Keep yoking. <laughs> He's gone up. <laughs> I'm just going to swig me water just in tribute of it. <laughs> Nice. There you go. That's Jamie. Did so, yeah. Nod. No. <laughs> so until next time, catch you later. See you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Stacey with Aness, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafu FM. Thanks for listening. 